0: From Relay FM. This is connected. Episode three hundred and eighty-six. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Hover, and Trade Coffee. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Federico Vettici. Hi, Federico.
1: Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and we are also joined today by the one and only true, the one true man from Tennessee, America, <laughs> Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you, sir? <laughs> Hello. Why am I last? Because this is the
0: way, this is the way, this is the way it works now. We have a new website. It's connectedintro.com. This was put together by Zach and Matt, who are mods in our Discord. It's a lovely website, and it will now tell us in pure round-robin style who introduces who, who goes first, and then we're Mm -hmm. never going to be able to complain again. I'm really Mm -hmm. intrigued, though, like what will happen. On the weeks where someone's
1: not around, or well, it's a Colleen show. You got to call in mm. for the intro.
2: Mm, maybe. Or we build some sort of AI. Okay. Or actually, what needs to happen is these guys need to build some sort of AI yeah, of that course. can fake us <laughs> when we're not available. Now, this is an amazing website. It was published like I think before the episode went up. Like, they did it while I was editing it. Uh, It has some amazing artwork, which you should should go check out. And uh, this is how we will introduce the show from now on until Mm -hmm. we die.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Or the website Um, dies. Who who will live longer?
1: I don't understand why death has to be involved, but okay. Yeah. Good website. Never know. Um, Minus the death. Okay. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to who created the website. Zach, Zach, and, Matt. Zach and Matt. It's written right there in the document. <laughs> it's like right in front but of I I lives, you. I know? lost my place in the document. I could tell. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Zach and Matt, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have some feedback. I want to jump straight into like real follow-up that okay. is not about, you know, the show itself. Um, we have some follow-up from Ryan in Discord about classical music that we talked about last week. Um Regarding the Apple Classical app that seems to be launching on Android, and I have to assume any on, on other platforms as well, as the uh, standalone experience that Apple mentioned months ago when they acquired Primephonic, the service for classical music. And Ryan wrote a much better <laughs> summary of what I was trying to explain on the show. So Ryan obviously knows what they're talking about when when it when it comes to classical music. And I'm just gonna paraphrase here. I'm just gonna read here from this paragraph because it it really sums it up well. The experience of trying to find recordings recordings of pieces of classical music has always been pretty broken in any music streaming or purchasing service, even back in the iTunes day. This is what I was trying to explain. The model that Apple went with for categorizing their music is not really compatible with classical music. You're dealing with at least three individuals or groups, the composer, the ensemble, the conductor, and the soloists, that all have very important parts in making the music there are different types of ensembles that are that all have their classical their musical traditions music from different time periods and this was also something else that I wanted to mention the year that the piece was composed is usually different than when the recording was made hmm. and many more factors that are dif- that differentiate classical music from popular music in terms of a categorization standpoint. So yeah, um, there are so many different variables when it comes to how do you properly categorize classical music because it's not like pop, pop music at all. And so if you want to have a very good experience for folks who want to listen to classical music on a, on a streaming service, you probably have to make a separate experience that is just for that.
2: This really opened my eyes as to why it needs to be a separate experience. Like trying to cram all of this in the music app as we know it today, like I just don't see a way that would be feasible because you have all these additional fields and all uh, additional data that people want to search and filter by and all those things. Like I, I'd I kind of wondered when this was announced, like why are they doing it separately? Like why not just have maybe even a section in the music app? But I, Ryan's comment really made me understand like what these users yep. want is really totally different from what, other music kind of needs, and and so yeah, th- to best serve them, of course, it would be a separate app.
0: Seems like from like an architectural standpoint, you have to begin again. Right. Yeah, I will just say, as somebody who lived through the Green Gate period, mm-hmm. I want no more classical f- music follow-up. If <laughs> okay. you have more to add on this, just. I don't know. Email
2: it
1: to a friend.
2: No more. R- write a blog post.
1: Yeah, I honestly feel meeting. like classical classical music. No, I disagree with that. Uh, classical well, music people have my sympathy. Have my sympathy. They're good people. Right. They know what they're talking I don't about. Doubt they that. have. Uh uh-huh. They have classical people. They have, and I really like using this word. They have exquisite taste. You know, word. The reason I'm mm-hmm. saying
0: all this is because I can feel in you that you would happily just keep talking about this <laughs> every single week. <laughs> it is very rare that we have a piece wow. of follow up which is not labeled and you just start doing it. That's a rare I was quite surprised wow. when you just took okay. that upon yourself.
2: Yeah. So wow.
0: I can see where this is going. I yeah, don't yeah. want to keep dealing with this like we had to deal with Steven. You know? Because Mike hey. hates music. I yeah. hate music. Okay.
2: Yep. I hate music <laughs> and green. <laughs> uh, yeah, our podcast does open with classical music, if you haven't heard it in a while.
0: Uh, does it though? To me, that's just the connected theme song. I don't know Yeah,
2: I is. don't know who actually wrote it. Uh, you know, I did. <laughs> I do know who wrote it. Don't email me. <laughs> no, them. it was me. I did that. <laughs> yeah, I did it <laughs> in GarageBand one weekend. <sighs> Settle down. No, if you did it, it would have like a bunch of drum and bass beats. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of techno.
1: Isn't that La an techno. intro from an Apple event? In a garage, making beats from with Apple sounds. Yeah, yes. that, that
0: was the music Stephen
2: wished he could have made.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I have purchased a battery backup for my network closet. So last <laughs> week's episode, I disappeared for a while. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I did when I was editing, I was like, you know what? It's time to finally fix this. The reason I haven't done it is that all my stuff is in the top of one of my children's closets. It's like in the center of the house where the internet comes in. And I have the modem, the, the cable modem from like Xfinity, and then a switch and and an Eero. So, anyways, I've bought a battery backup that will fit kind of in on the shelf. So a lot of battery backups people have, like the one I have under my desk, is a vertical one. It looks like a little PC tower kind of with lots of outlets in the back. And this one is more horizontal with the plugs on top. And so, anyways, I got it. I did it this weekend. So now, if my power just blinks, I will stay online because, oh, that's on a battery backup. Where the Switch and arrow are plugged into my office, because there's Ethernet running between the house and the studio, that's on a battery backup. My Mac Pro is on a battery backup. How long would you get? The Mac Pro, not super long, but I think the network would stay up for a while, because it's just like a couple of little boxes. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting.
0: Spotify car thing. This is something we spoke about a while ago. It is like Spotify built their own pseudo in. I was going to say in flight, in car entertainment system. Because you could use it yeah. in flight, maybe. Um, it is not a standalone player. I don't even think it has any storage. All it Mm-mm. does is connects to your phone and your car. So you can play Spotify music through your car stereo with a nice little screen and a dial and a bunch of tactile buttons on it. Um, I think Stephen probably put this in there. It's it, basically a fancy remote control for Spotify on your iPhone or Android phone. And this was previously yeah. an invite thing. You, you could apply to get one, but now anyone can buy it. It's, it's
2: $89. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty smart way of doing it because if, since it doesn't have like its own cellular connection and its own like playback mechanism or, you know, decoding or anything like that, I think it's why the price can be the 90 bucks that it is, which is, I, I think, reasonable for what this does if you're into Spotify and you have a car that is basically just bluetooth or aux in so you, maybe you drive something a little bit older that doesn't have carplay or android auto this sort of bridges the gap to those things and uh and I honestly I really like the hardware I mean I haven't played with one so it may feel terrible but I love the way that it looks and I think a really clever thing they've done is along the top ledge you can't really see them but they're kind of behind the front the the top lip are four hardware buttons that you can program to go to your favorites. So mm-hmm. if you have a favorite uh, playlist or station in Spotify or album, you could just reach up and hit the button and go to it. Uh, I'm I'm glad someone thought of that. I think that's a pretty good idea.
0: I'm just surprised it doesn't even have a little like some some storage that you could just put some music on it though. Like that's weird to me.
2: Like, but I mean, how would you do it? I guess I guess from Bluetooth from your yeah. phone.
0: Yeah, like how you could download tracks on like to your phone and Spotify. You know. Yeah. So you could listen to some offline. Mm. It's, just, it's yeah. just interesting to me that it it's, it's just a big remote control. I just find that kind of weird.
2: Maybe there'll be like a Car Thing, which I think is a great name. Like I like so much about this product. Um, maybe there's like a Car Thing Pro in the future that's 200 bucks that does give you some of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't
2: know. Anyways, I think it's interesting. And if you're into Spotify and you have a Spotify premium account and your car is sort of in this middle ground then uh this could be for you
1: mm. I think it's a good idea I think it's I think it's fun I think it also wouldn't be necessary if more phones had a like an automatic uh, sort of I mean the car switched the UI to be a yeah. car friendly UI mode I think android does uh the iPhone doesn't um it would be I think it would be smart uh if Apple had like it wouldn't it wouldn't have to be like a huge thing but maybe if you have a media app um you could maybe automatically detect if i'm driving and maybe make the ui bigger and more comfortable to use um my car doesn't have carplay my car doesn't have you know any sort of fancy it's it's got the basic bluetooth integration mm-hmm. with Smartphones, it doesn't even display media artwork, for example. Like it's a very old Bluetooth standard, and I would happily just use my iPhone in landscape mode with my MagSafe Belkin uh, car mount instead. But the problem is, uh, when I'm driving, I want I would like those controls on the iPhone to be bigger, to be much larger. Now I could manually change in accessibility settings um you know some elements to make them bigger and more you know high contrast for example mm-hmm. only when i'm driving but that seems a little too involved and i think the last time i tried i wasn't able to get exactly what i wanted done with shortcuts as an automation um i think honestly the iphone is capable of detecting when you're driving when you're in a car yeah that should be a built-in thing right Instead, Apple is like, no, just use CarPlay. But, you know, not yeah. everybody has CarPlay. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, Apple's idea is, oh, you're driving in the car, we're going to turn your screen black because it's uh, focus mode now.
1: Yeah. And Spotify does it. Spotify, like the, the Spotify app on the iPhone, has a, a car mode. And, you know, when I was using Spotify last year, that mm-hmm. was one of the things that I liked about it, that when it detects a Bluetooth connection to, uh, to, to a car unit, it switches to a, a bigger, simplified, you know, keep your eyes on the road sort of uh, UI mode. That's a clever idea, I think. And maybe, you know, I could see that sort of thing be an API for at least media apps, right? Because that's that's what you use usually when you're in, in the car. You're yeah. either checking out directions or you're controlling audio playback. Um so I'm surprised that Apple has done nothing on this front. I guess possibly. why
0: why why can't it, like my phone just go just show just be carplay in the car? Like why can't it or, do that,
1: that? <laughs> or that or yeah. that like or that's a much actually simpler approach. Like turn the iPhone, like turn my home screen like enter carplay mode. And you know the apps that I have on my phone automatically show up on the carplay home screen because I have them installed. I don't need to log in again. I don't need to do anything. And of course, those apps, those iPhone apps, already have the CarPlay components built in. So, yeah, why doesn't the iPhone turn into a CarPlay, sort of like a virtual CarPlay unit when I'm in and the correct car? Correct me
0: if I'm wrong. Isn't all of the processing happening on the phone anyway?
1: It, it is, yes. It so is. there's no reason no. that
0: it they can't do this then, mm-hmm. really. It's just but um, they want to. Um,
1: they don't want to. Yeah, well, I don't know why.
2: Come get it it's a bummer. My favorite thing, sort of in like car audio world right now, is a lot of head units uh, that you can get that like to retrofit CarPlay into a vehicle, or maybe you don't replace the head unit that you have, but you you want to add something to it. A lot of these are like cheap Android tablets that have enough sort of like uh, internals to them where they fake being a CarPlay receiver. So you're like sending CarPlay to an Android tablet in your mm-hmm. car. Like something about that really makes me think that someone at Apple hates it, and that kind of makes me laugh. That is funny. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores, uh, email marketing, SEO tools, they have everything you need to get your project up and running. They combine cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. You start with a professionally designed template and use drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. You customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale. Everything is just a few clicks away. And all of your work is going to look awesome on mobile devices as so everything just automatically adjusts for those users. There's nothing to patch or upgrade. They have amazing 24-7 customer support if you have any questions. And you can easily and quickly grab a unique domain name for your website. So use Squarespace to turn your next big idea into a new site. Showcase your work, publish a blog or a podcast, promote your business, announce upcoming events, and so much more. Squarespace really is so great to work with. I love their drag and drop tools where if you want this photo gallery above the text or below the text, like you're not having to dive into source code and move things around and you know accidentally copy and paste the wrong thing. Literally just drag and drop tools. And it makes it really easy to build something that looks looks good real quickly. Head on over to squarespace.com slash connected for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name. That's squarespace.com/connected. If you decide to sign up, use the offer code Connected to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Connected and all of Relay FM.
0: The iPod Touch has now gone 1,000 days without an update. Thank you to Mac Rumors for pointing this out a couple of days ago. The iPod Touch features a 4-inch Retina display, Touch ID home button, headphone jack, a 1.2 megapixel camera. Nice. That's a a good one. (laughs) It's the best one. It's vintage. An A10 Fusion Mm. chip. What are we up to now?
1: A20 or something. No, A15, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Uh, 32
0: gigabytes of RAM is the starting uh, storage. Of Uh,
1: storage, not RAM. (laughs) not RAM
0: 32 gigabytes of RAM 17 terabytes of storage (laughs) 32 gigabytes of storage starting at $199 that's the you can still buy it you can go ahead and buy it Uh, I was looking at this story and something popped into my head I want to see what you two think about it do you think Apple would do for the iPod Touch what it did for the iPad Mini
1: hmm that's (laughs) a That's a fun thing to imagine because Mm -hmm. like with the iPad mini, they didn't fundamentally change the, the reason why the iPad mini exists, right? Which is it's a small iPad. It's a, It does everything an iPad can do, I guess, minus the magic keyboard, maybe. Uh, But you can use the pencil, and it's got the new design. It doesn't have Face ID, but it's got this new generation of Touch ID. It's an iPad. It runs iPad OS, but it's super compact. And it's using relatively new technology. Mm -hmm. With the iPod Touch, I guess there's a different problem. Because with the iPad Mini, we knew that there was still value in the underlying nature of the product. With the iPod Touch, I wonder if there's still value in the original idea behind the iPod Touch, which is it's sort of like an iPhone, like but without the phone part. And it's a device. It was originally pitched for music and video games. But now that we have Apple Music and Apple Arcade everywhere, I think the problem that we got to look for is at the very core of the iPod Touch. Like, does it still make sense for the iPod Touch to exist in this, like, in its original idea? Because the iPad Mini, the answer is, yeah, I do want to have a very small iPad that does everything an iPad can do. But with the iPod Touch, can you answer the same question with a yes? I don't think so. So I think a few things would have to change. Right?
0: Well I mean I I genuinely don't think that the product has any
1: clear because it the, because it like what's the the market fit, if you will. Like why yeah. why would I need an iPod touch? right? If I'm an Apple customer, and Apple loves when, when you as a customer buy all of the products that they make, right? Uh, because they believe that there's a place for everything, you know, in the Apple ecosystem in your life. Uh, there's a place for an iPad, for a Mac, and for an iPhone, AirPods, Apple TV, and Beats, and an Apple Watch, right? They love it when you buy everything. But in this case, if I were to ask myself the question, why would I need an iPod Touch? Mm-hmm. Why would I right? Why would I need an iPod Touch in, in <laughs> like its if they form?
0: did do a Face ID enabled full screen iPod Touch with a new camera and a new processor?
1: Like, who is it for? Exactly. Like, yeah. Let's let's entertain this idea that they update the iPod Touch. They don't fundamentally change the product. They give it you know more storage, new screen, um, maybe Face ID. No cellular connectivity at all. Or touch ID power button
0: probably. Or touch ID power button. Yeah.
1: But it's still that. It's still like like a watered down version of an iPhone. Uh Would it still make sense? And honestly, I don't think it would, even with updated specs.
0: I don't see. I reckon it's probably worth me interrupting you here to go to Mm. the daddy of the group. Mm. Mm. Hey, daddy. Hey, because Kate's already mentioned it, and I know that people are already opening the Twitter apps to say, "What about kids? What about the kids? Do yeah. well, you have those?" So think about the kids. What won't somebody please think of the children? So, what do you think? Because I mean, I guess that's probably one of the reasons it has existed or did exist for a while. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, our oldest has an iPod Touch, and uh, we opted for that over an iPad mainly for the size of it. And, uh, he's, he's basically using it as like a music player that has iMessage to me and Mary. Mm. Uh, it also has a headphone jack, which is one reason we went with, we went for it. Uh, not that you couldn't use, I guess, lightning or, or USB-C headphones, but I definitely didn't feel great about buying it. You know, I I did not want to do an iPod, or an iPad mini for him and really because of cost but to me that's why the iPod Touch is still there because it, it is it's expensive for what it is but it's a lot cheaper than the alternatives. Okay. If it didn't exist <laughs> right, <laughs> what would you have done? Uh, uh, probably like a refurbished iPad mini.
1: Or maybe like a like a used iPhone or something like because the the difference here I think given that the iPhone has been around for Fifteen years at this point. Yeah, I think it's much more common now to have used iPhones that you can hand down to kids than it was, say, ten years ago, when you know, when the iPod Touch was maybe a bigger deal. Yeah. But it's, I think it's easier and it's more common than before to have used Apple devices that maybe you don't want to sell, or maybe you're like, you know what, instead of selling this, I'm just going to give it to my kid, and I'm upgrading to a new iPhone or a new iPad. And that was not necessarily as common 10 years ago.
0: So $200, right? That's what we're talking about. It's like, I wonder what you could get realistically for $200, but that's probably it, right? Like, Mm-hmm. If you didn't get him an iPad, you would get him a used iPhone. You just don't have to put a SIM in it, and then it's exactly the same, right?
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Probably better though. I reckon you could get a better spec phone, used phone for two hundred dollars, than a new iPod Touch.
1: Probably. You know me. I had to come up with a fun thought experiment <laughs> for the iPod <laughs> of Touch. You did.
2: Yeah. Please. I mean, what even is an like? What is an iPod Touch? How big is the DAC
0: on this thing? Right,
1: so hear me out. What if, okay, let's start from from the very basics. We know that Apple likes money. They love Mm -hmm. money, right? They they are a big money-loving company, right? Uh, They sure love the cash. Um, And what if they came up with a way to sell you an iPod Touch? What if they went back to the very roots of the word iPod, right? What's an iPod? It's the device for music. Okay, what would a device for music made from Apple? What would a modern iPod look like or do? Or what would it offer in terms of enjoying and listening to music compared to an iPhone or an iPad or a MacBook, whatever it is you're using for music? So here's a fun few ideas that I sort of kicked around in our, in our shared document here. Tons of storage. Tons of storage for offline downloads from Apple Music or your own personal offline music library. But imagine like 5 gigabytes as the starting storage and then, you know, maybe like a one terabyte model, maybe even two terabytes. Is there even two terabytes of music in Apple Music, the whole catalog? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure it's over two terabytes. Um, but like tons of storage. And that immediately asked me like, okay, that's pretty neat to have, you know, a portable device that has made from Apple that runs iOS with a ton of storage for music. That would be cool. But of course, storage is not exciting, right? Um, so now we're gonna get into the weirder ideas. Ports, exclamation point! Like <laughs> that's how it's spelled in the notes. Like just that ports. Like it's one, no, it's one of those
0: slides. You remember the slides where the text used to fall down and the the, the like the smoke used to you know like when they do the the keynotes. Mm-hmm. F- po- boom and then that'd be yeah. it. A, ports yeah. like that.
1: Ports, right? Yeah. So. Imagine, like, I think it would be neat if the iPod Touch could slot right in your existing um, uh, audio setup at home, right? Uh, whether you got a home theater thing going on or you got a bunch of speakers, uh, you got an existing setup in your living room, or maybe you have, you know, maybe you're part of that Weird niche of people with the listening room because you're an audiophile. But like, what if you could take that little player and use it with your existing setup? So I would imagine that you know the very obvious, uh, you know, ports would be the 3.5 millimeter and the 6.35 millimeter jacks. Uh, they're very common in in those kinds of setups. I could also see Apple. You know, do something like using the 4.4 millimeter balanced uh, audio output that is becoming more common these days. But judging from the logs that I hear. Double check. You said you could see? Is that what you said, or couldn't see? I could see. You could? I could. I mean, if we are entertaining the idea, (laughs) this is all based on nothing, right? This is just (laughs) speculation.
0: (laughs) Okay. We
1: are imagining things, right? Uh If we were to I mean, imagine things... So start from that. Like, don't question my intentions. Just <laughs> okay. buy into the theory. Okay? <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm back on board again. I'm back on board okay. again. I apologize okay. for my incident.
1: Right. Okay. So that's ports, <laughs> Obviously, this device call it the, the new iPod Touch or mm-hmm. the iPod Pro or the just the iPod. I- yeah, iPod, iPod. Pro. Just the iPod.
2: Yeah. Can you iPod. imagine a world?
1: It would have, because Apple Music now Be has worries. it, it would have built-in lossless and high-res lossless output. right? Uh, no odd limitations, as is the case with the existing iPhones and the existing AirPods. This thing has a new built-in DAC and it outputs lossless and high-res lossless doesn't care about it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. got tons of storage, it's got a big battery in it, and it can output your, you know, 24-bit audio, just doesn't care. From Apple Music, no problem. Lastly, and this is a fun one, what if the iPod... So what if this new iPod had a a brand new Equalizer app made by Apple? What if Apple made Equalizer a system-like built-in app in this new iPod... um, Equalizing is like, I never do it myself, but I know that doing, like, tweaking, like... The thing that Mike likes to make fun of, like, oh, I want to have a bit more mids, I want to have a bit more bass. Highs
0: and low mids with the full round bass tones.
1: Yes. Yes. So, you got to understand that some people like to do with audio, like to talk about audio the same way that, like, wine people... Tend to talk hey, about look, wine.
0: I have noticed in myself, right, that I talk about the difference in keyboard sounds. So yes. I know, I know, I'm one of these people the now. Lingo, just in a different right? area, yeah. yeah,
1: Each area has its own lingo, yeah. and there's the lingo in audio too. And in audio, people like to equalize stuff. And so, if we are entertaining this this uh, imagination, um, equalizer made by Apple would be cool. Like uh, I could, I could see like a like a, a a nice UI, you know, drag and drop to adjust like the curves <laughs> and the lines. Mm-hmm. Like that that would be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. So that's my pitch. Right? Hire him, uh, Apple. Hire me. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm looking for a job as iPod product manager. So. <laughs>
2: It's a job that has not been fulfilled at Apple in a long time.
1: <laughs> I will I will product <laughs> manager <your> iPod. <laughs> look, look, I will make you thousands of dollars. They take
2: you they take you to your desk and it's like covered <laughs> in like trash mm-hmm. and spider webs. Like this is where the last guy sat in 2010.
1: <laughs> and they're still a faded pictures of their family. The oh, man. Like a, oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> those kids are now in college. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee I,
0: you, you will not be in Apple Park. Like your desk is not in Apple mm-mm. Park; it's in the basement yeah. of Infinite Loop. Like that's that's where. Your yeah,
1: desk is. or one of those like far off offices, like in Santa Clara or something. Like you, nobody cares about those guys anymore. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you know I just yeah. feeling like sometimes,
0: <laughs> like you know, I know that people listen to this show, and uh, that, like, you know, we hear it, right? We we hear from people every now and then that listen to the show and can grade the rickies right like they know enough that they could grade the rickies before the event happens i cannot tell you how much joy it would give me if like there is somebody at apple right now who's like you wait two weeks then we'll see who's laughing you know that like they're getting ready to drop this incredible ipod pro you know so you guys are chuckling you think i'm i've sit on the very top floor of apple park i got on office next to tim's We've been working hard on this thing, you know? If they bring back
1: the iPod with the music angle, I will get... You can record me here. You can save this clip.
2: We are literally recording you.
1: I will get... Well, you know, I mean the people at large. um, Because we need witnesses. I will get an iPod-related tattoo. (laughs) If they bring back... The iPod. Okay. With the music angle for people like me, mm-hmm. I will get it. Uh now not saying the Apple logo or like a, and like something iPod related. I would
0: say like a, a single line kind of iPod, just like one of the classic iPods of a click wheel tattoo would just look really good. You should just like think yeah, about that, would that look anyway. Good. So that'd be yeah, that like that would tattoo.
1: look good. Yeah. Or maybe there's like the like the silhouettes of the people dancing with the white earbuds. Like well, I can also nice. see that being nice nice. Mm -hmm. right across i will get it done i will get it done i will get it done so (laughs) i mean how could how could you resist this i don't i honestly i don't understand why this product doesn't exist like there's literally dozens of us out there (laughs) willing to buy this product Uh so
0: take my money as they say
1: yeah
2: this episode of connected is made possible by hover one of relay fm's longest running sponsors When you have that one big idea, where do you go? Where do you start? For so many entrepreneurs, Hover is that first big leap. They have over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have, and they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free Whois privacy so the bad guys don't get your information, clean UX and UI, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It's easy to see what Hover is the choice for people starting businesses. All my domains are over at Hover, RelayFM, Pixels, a bunch of jokey domains we've come up uh, with on the show. And I love the uh, the UI they have for finding domains because sometimes what you want is already purchased and they, they give you this great list of recommendations that... Uh, they think would work for you. And some of them are really creative and really interesting. And I think just a great way to solve this problem for people. Hover's UX and UI is really simple, clean and easy to navigate. So if you're a fan of intuitive user experiences and things that work straight out of the box, you're going to appreciate Hover. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash connected and get 10% off on your new purchases. The URL one more time, hover.com slash connected, 10% discount on all new purchases. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of the show and FM. I made a purchase that I want to share with you all. I, uh, I've, I've been using an iPhone case for a while now. Some people who may have listened to the show long enough may know that many, many years ago I had a couple of incidents of broken phones. And with the Pro Max, it's just a big phone. And I would like to have some uh, additional protection, so I've been using an Apple leather case. But then uh, I've made an upgrade, and I have okay. a picture of it in the show notes for y'all uh, that I've instructed you not to look at until now. You can look at it now, and I would like your feedback. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God, no.
0: My word.
1: Okay, I'm opening the link. Why? Hold on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. No, no. Mm-mm. No! No! Nope. <laughs> No. Uh. <laughs> this is bad. This is this is the case of a deranged individual. No. No. Why? So for,
2: for our audio listeners uh, who aren't in the Discord at the moment, I don't know, what are you doing on Wednesdays?
0: Opening this image... Has literally put a beach ball on Safari for me. Like I have to now force quit Safari because of trying to load this
2: image. Well, that, that we're going to talk about Safari in a future mm-hmm. segment. So hold on to that. No, nope, no. Nope. Uh, this this is a phone case made of the. Uh, a little Steven head. So, if you're a member and you downloaded the new wallpapers, there's wallpaper of this. It looks like Mike's desk.
0: Oh, yeah. Because if you're me, Ugh. you can just look down at the desk and you can also
2: see it. Yeah. So, like, that's your good. life is an, is an iPhone case. Yeah. It is kind of like holding a swarm of bees in your hand. Like, it's kind of the feeling you uh, get.
1: It, it really bothers me. Like, it really visually bothers me. Like, like uh, it's like the whole thing. D- don't google it but it's that oh like, trypophobia it gives me that no don't say it um but yes
0: you should take a look at the new samsung phone man that's a good time
1: <laughs> oh. oh okay all right so
0: look i have a question here are you uh-huh. actually going to use this as your iphone case i mean not if my wife has anything to do with it but right. i kind of like it because i was gonna say like how do you feel about the like um what's the word that i'm looking for here uh not like arrogance, like when someone thinks a lot of themselves. Mm. What is what is the word that I'm looking for? Narcissism, thank you, Kim. Yes. You not con- oh, the vanity. Mm. Thank you, robot emoji. Well,
1: what, what is it though, of the two words?
0: Both of those words. Like it's narcissistic, it's vain to have a phone case of just your own face, like a cartoon <laughs> of your own face over and over and over and over and over again, you know? Well, you know, if someone asked about Wait a second, I'm not saying that. Someone could say that. So, say, mm, okay. Oh,
1: it's like it's like people who get their initials stitched on like jackets and ties. No, that's cool. Because yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. There's something cool about that. It's, that's classy. Maybe this is, is just like modern classy.
2: Maybe it's maybe it's me who mm-hmm. is out of touch. You know, Zanson says you should have gotten Mike's face. <laughs> See, this is the
0: thing. I feel like it's what you should have done because. Like, or look, us take together. it from me. Take it from me. Or that. Yeah, take it from me. It's, it's good to have somebody else's face all over your desk all the time, constantly, forever. I mean,
2: I've got a Calax covered in your face. Yeah,
0: but you don't care about Calaxes. You probably threw that thing in the trash. You burned it or something. <laughs> it's you right don't care here. About right, right there. Right through the doorway. So what is the deal here? defy? What, you can make your own cases of them?
2: Yeah, so Kathy Campbell sent me this. You can basically upload your own artwork and then they put it on a... They could do it on anything. They have a bunch of products. Uh, And this is a MagSafe-capable case. The wallet doesn't really stick to the back of it, but it will charge and line up on a MagSafe puck, and it seems to charge fine. This is a bulkier case than I would want to use day to day, Mm -hmm. but uh, I thought it was too funny to pass up. To You know, maybe this will be my, my special occasions iPhone case. How special could those occasions be? I don't know. Supposed to go to like a, a formal, um, like gala fundraiser thing this weekend, and oh, uh, you know maybe woo. I could take it there. Look at mm. you! Wow,
1: wow, oh, that's a, what
0: yeah. is what is this? Is it
1: a is it a gala for network closets?
0: <laughs> Are you raising money for your internet connection today? Or what? <laughs> hey, <laughs> so what? listeners to the show won't notice this because I would have done such a fantastic job of cleaning it up. But mm-hmm. after we spoke about Steven's internet issues, we have then consistently just lost Stephen for massive chunks of the show today. Yeah. So I can only imagine that he has people run like like raising money for him now. The power's
2: fine. Comcast is just having a real day over cool. here today.
0: That's fair enough.
2: But yeah, you can make your own case. Uh you can upload your own artwork. Took a couple and of weeks. Boy did you <laughs> And boy did you I You made as much of your own case as anybody could make it's just uh-huh. your face. They make like I think they make like laptop skins and stuff but I mean that would just be ridiculous.
1: Oh that would be okay. So
0: I'm going to call Casetify cowards until they uh make this an offering like that this is like just, a permanent that your face is just you know. You have to sign your likeness away to them which is a whole other thing but you'll be fine with mm. that. Don't be cowards Casetify sell
2: Steven. Yeah, in if you want to do some sort of brand partnership, hit me up. But they've they've done it with SpongeBob, so
0: surely they should do it for you. you know? Yeah, I'm basically on the same level as SpongeBob. You are, you are the SpongeBob of tech podcasting.
1: I don't know what that means. Honestly. I don't either. I don't, I don't like what it. it. Means <laughs> 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 this whatever. It is means, one of I don't those like things. It.
0: Like, I just want people to bring their
2: own <sighs> feeling to that. Like, what that means. You know. You know the ultimate version of this. You know, people who buy fancy cars sometimes have those cars wrapped. Yes. Like protect it and mm-hmm. change the color. Mm-hmm. What if we did a full car in this artwork? It'd be incredible.
0: Uh, whoever wants to donate their car to this, let us mm-hmm. know.
2: The email Steven. If someone donates a car, I will wrap it with this, like, for the podcast this fall. You have my solemn word. Wow, okay. We just need a car. A car.
1: That's assuming there's going to be a fall 2022. Whoa, <laughs> hang on a second. Hold wait, on a you know, I mean, Wait, wait, wait. No, just, I just yeah. I just thought we
0: could go back here. We could take a couple of steps back here. Mm-hmm. So Stephen said he will wrap a car for the podcast-a-thon.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Stephen owns a car.
2: Well, I mean, is it's not a fun. A if it's my car?
0: fundraising goal, everyone. All we have to do is reach an amount okay. of money okay. yet to be defined, and Stephen will wrap okay, his Jill. car in an image of his Jill. own face. Jill, I know you're Jill, out if you're there. Listening, Jill, listening, I do not <laughs> Come approve. On. We can do this. This is the thing <laughs> no, we, can we can do. We can do this. Together,
1: we have the can power. Can we call it the daddy car? Yep. Please. We should call it
0: the daddy mobile. The so, someone donates a van, <laughs> we
2: could wrap it.
1: Um, this is totally unrelated, but uh, thank God. I, I, you know, you know something that bothers me, and that I've been paying attention in my life to people who do it. Okay. It's the people who, during conversation, they 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 do this thing where they say, as I like to say, and then like you would expect, like some original piece of wisdom, right, uh-huh. from them, but then they just say a very common expression. OK, <laughs> as I like to what say, what made you
0: think of this? What just happened that brought this to your brain?
1: I don't know. You said something and my brain thought of you and your dislike for platitudes. Mm. And then I realized that I really wanted to say this on the show. And so I said it. People who pre- like act all fancy, so as I like to say, you're like, yes, what, what do you like to say? And then they have just a common expression that you've heard hundreds of times. Hmm. Some people do that.
0: Or people that come up with a thing and then just keep referencing it. And then like, (laughs) do you say it enough that then it seems like everyone (laughs) agrees about this? You know, like, you know, as as we all know, (laughs) this thing I made up. (laughs) I have a very particular example of this that I will share with you later on. (laughs) I'm not going to say it right now. But Uh, when I say it, you'll go, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And everybody else listening out there, make up your own mind, you know? So, yeah.
2: you're tell us soon, but not yet. Soon, but not yet.
1: Yes. Soon, but, not but, yet. but anyway, back to the daddy mobile. Uh, no. Um,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could find some kind of upholstery company to like make seat covers, you know, that you're also. You're going to
2: want seat covers. Just see
0: you that's know, also your face, you know? So, like, just the whole thing. Anyway, let's bring this, this show crashing down to earth and talk about browser market share. Uh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> For some reason, someone put this <laughs> in the document, so I just <laughs> I want to talk about Safari. Okay. Browser
1: market share. let wow, do Want to talk it. about Opera next? Yeah. You talk it's about
0: 2012, Firefox? and we're going to talk about browser market share.
1: Uh, I use Vivaldi because I'm fancy. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: All right. <laughs> Come on, man. What you got to say?
2: There's this uh, report by web analytics company Stats Counter. I think they count stats over there. You would, you to would like to think so, you know? I, would, I mean, hopefully. Trying the name. They probably drive around a van covered in graphs. The stats We've learned anything about today. Mm-hmm. Stats van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they say that Microsoft Edge is set to take over Safari as the world's second most popular desktop browser. I have some numbers for you. Please. Um. Microsoft Edge is 9.54% desktop usage worldwide. Safari is 9.84%. Google Chrome of course still uh 65%. Mozilla <laughs> Firefox just over 9%. So it's they're they're in there. Are you yawning? Stop yawning. No, I'm laughing at like the difference. You know, like yeah. Microsoft and Safari are
0: fighting it out for 10% and Google's like 65%. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's
2: uh, a bit of a gap. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of Mac users are using Safari, but not all of them. There's a gap there.
0: I would assume most use Chrome.
2: I think most of the sorts of users that we know use Chrome, but I think a lot of people just use what's built in. No, I think that's the exact opposite. You think so?
0: I think most Mm -hmm. people we know are likely to use Safari. I think more regular yeah. users who have a Mac because they want a Mac, they use the web browser, which is Chrome. Yeah.
2: Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. In our in our
1: circle, in our circle of people, it's like a badge of shame using Google Chrome. I know. I think. Yeah. As someone Stephen who has used it, Chrome
2: though. on and off, I feel that pain. Steven's a big mm-hmm. Chrome boy. Not right mm. now. I'm using Safari, but oh, it's, it's not going to last. Flop, um. Flip. Of course, on uh, mobile, it's different. Safari has 26%. Actually, it's not that different. 26% mobile market share. uh, Chrome has 62%.
0: This really surprised me. I mean, obviously, I know there's a lot of Android Android's
2: way bigger than iOS in the world. Mm In our markets, the iPhone is is much bigger than it is worldwide. I
0: still would have expected more than 26%, I think.
2: Yeah, I guess so. That's a surprise to me. What I thought about, in in reading this, was twofold. A, yes, it did feel like a story we would have covered 15 years ago. But also, it's not going to do Safari any favors in terms of the fragmentation we already see where some websites and web apps just don't work in Safari because they're targeting the Chromium engine, which, of course, powers Chrome, but also powers the new Microsoft Edge. So if you're not familiar with this, a couple of years ago... Uh, they sort of ripped out their own uh, their own renderer and put in uh, the Chrome the render engine from Chrome inside yeah, like, of Edge.
0: There's been two edges. There was old Edge and new Edge, and old Edge was basically yeah. Internet Explorer
2: rebranded. Right, and new it was Edge was on the ragged edge. Yeah, new
0: Edge, which is good. It's like a very good web browser. New Edge, um,
2: it is, and they do and they do a lot of cool like y stuff on top of it. I yeah. think a lot of the features are pretty cool. Uh But it's uh, the story of this doesn't work well in Safari is only going to continue to get worse. And I don't know what Apple can really do about that because you just can't make people care if you have nine or 10 or 16, whatever the number is where you are, percent market share. And it's not really it's not really gonna go anywhere, right? It's gonna take a lot to unseat Chrome. It took more than a decade to unseat Internet Explorer. And Apple in part was involved with that because before the split between uh Blink, which I think is like the, the new name for the Chromium engine, that and WebKit, it was all the same. Yeah. And they're now they're slowly diverging. And especially in areas around media playback. And things like, uh, like you know, we see a lot just in our corner of the internet with, like, podcast services. Like, oh, I can record in the browser. Like, a bunch of that stuff just doesn't work in Safari because Safari doesn't adopt the same uh, media codecs and support that Google's willing to. And I just, I don't see how Apple, like, begins to counter that. They
0: can't. They... I I think it's Apple's responsibility to try their best to make things that work on Chrome work in Safari. Mm -hmm. You can't counter it with 10% and you're not going to turn that tide. So if Apple genuinely believes in Safari and its security, they need to make it a better experience starting with being completely compatible with everything Chrome is outside of that like they're kind of you know look there's a reason that chrome extensions now work because safari because no one's making right. safari extensions
2: well well even then like you say that but they still have to run through xcode in the app store like i know apple I know. still, still has put thing. yeah still put like gatekeepery type stuff and, and i get it and i'm sure there are a lot of chrome extensions that are capable of bad things and Apple doesn't want that. I mean, look, if something can see your entire browser history, like that is a security angle, but Apple hasn't really like fully embraced some of the stuff that Chrome, uh, that Chrome has brought. I mean, I would even argue that the, the interface for extension Safari is like, it like punishes people who want to use a lot of extensions. Like I, no. I think it's really bad looking and, and annoying to manage. Safari for me right now. We're on a different tangent now. Safari for me
0: right now is the most unreliable piece of software on my Mac. Like I like well, I was referencing earlier about the beach balling when I opened a link. That happens to me like two or three times a day, and the only way out of it is to completely force quit Safari. And I think it is related to tab group syncing. I use tab groups a lot. I've said this before. It's still happening that I'm doing something in a, in a web page and it just reloads to a previous point in the day and then opens up a bunch of tabs that had otherwise been closed. Or I go to, uh, like, I pick up my iPhone. I do something on my iPhone. I go to my Mac and the tabs just aren't correct. And, and it will maybe load at some point within the next two hours, usually when I'm doing something where I don't want it to do that. Or, like, I just open a link and Safari Beach Balls. This happens to mm-hmm. me all the time. And it's like, you know, I really like the feature. And it when it works, it's great. But when it doesn't, which is quite a bit, it's really annoying. <laughs> and it's like this, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's just like this is just one of those things where I'm like brought back to like, oh, is Apple good at web services? Because like, sh- this is an iCloud syncing problem is what's going on here, right? And I just like I thought we were over that as a problem. So that's just my aside complaint about yeah. Safari because we're talking about Safari.
2: Yeah. Well, and the reason that I, I kind of went back to it on the Mac is that I like having history sync and like tab sync between my iPhone, iPad, and Mac. But the reality is that's been broken for me really since Monterey. Like my, like sometimes the iCloud tabs are up, are up to date. Like right now they're, I think, pretty close. But I very often had times where, like, the history isn't syncing between the devices. It's like, well, then what's the point of using what feels like a, a inferior browser on the Mac with features that don't really line up with how I want to use my Mac? In like, like, why? And and that's sort of the problem in my mind. Like, one of the problems with Safari is that it is so tied to iCloud when iCloud stuff is working, those features are really nice. But when they don't, it like damages the reputation of Safari in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just the, that's like Apple's MO right now is like everything on your device is going to talk to iCloud in some way. And most of the time, that's great. But when it's not, it hurts that product's reputation. And I think people kind of look at Safari as, you know, it's not as compatible, it's not as, uh, you know, not as uh like fully featured in some ways that Chrome is and sort sort of write it off. I mean mm-hmm. clearly the numbers say that that if whatever the Mac market share is, not everyone's using it and there's there're good reasons for that.
0: Federico, I would like your opinions on Edge.
1: It's not a bad browser. Um I kind of like it. Um now that I'm playing around with Windows for for gaming stuff. Yeah. And you gotta use the Edge, right? Um, It's pre-installed, and you know you gotta download One Password, and you you know need to sign into Steam and stuff like that. Um, I've used it a bunch. Uh, I like it. I like it better than Chrome. I think it's better designed. There's a few things. There are a few things that I wanna call out that I like. The the first one, it's a feature that a ton of people either hate or love. I'm in the love camp myself. uh, Vertical tabs uh yes i am uh, <laughs> uh, uh vertical tabs you you can use optionally a vertical mode for your tabs and it's cool it's l- kind of like having an outline for your open tabs uh in in edge um i kind of yeah i i like it i use it i like it um the design of all like The settings and the iconography that they use. There's a ton of settings. (laughs) It's kind of like iCab. There's Mm -hmm. a ton to choose from in terms of customizing your behavior. And those things that I don't like, like the start page that has a news feed built in. I dislike those things uh, because the websites that they promote in those sections are usually, you know, kind of spammy blogs and whatnot. Um, but basically, Edge feels like what if some popular, some of the most popular browser extensions were built into the browser itself? Microsoft has been doing some of that, um, so that's neat. But you can turn it all off if you don't care. And uh, lastly, I like how like you sign in with your Microsoft account and you keep everything synced, right? Across devices, including their own versions of um, tab groups or bookmark folders, but basically edge as collections. So you can create these collections of websites and you can sync them across devices. So, they're, you know, like what Apple has been doing with the tab groups, it's like glorified bookmarks or... A way to group related tabs together, uh, so that's neat. I like it. Obviously, on iOS and iPadOS, um, you can now set Edge as your default browser, but you still give up some of the conveniences that you have with Safari. Most of all, you give up the whole like shortcuts integration in the share sheet. Uh, that's one of the limitations on iOS and iPadOS uh, when it comes to shortcuts. Um, even simple things like uh, accessing the text selection from a web page only works with Safari on the iPhone and iPad if you're a shortcuts user. Right. Because other browsers, they cannot expose the what's it called? The, the DOM of the web page.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, really. It's like, we're going to make you use our rendering engine, yep. but we're not giving you any access <laughs> to it. I think.
2: Okay.
1: exactly I, I don't really understand so you cannot I mean, run that JavaScript. sounds like a pretty
2: apple move <laughs> yeah sure, yes sure, sure, yes
1: sure. but edge is not not terrible hmm. um there there is a lot of innovation happening i mean i make fun of it but like between vivaldi and edge um opera is doing the i believe the blockchain stuff which i find gross so i don't want to get into that um What's Vivaldi, the other one called? Vivaldi Browser. i v- never heard of this v- before. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty cool. Uh, what? Firefox. Firefox? Mozilla, the, the Mozilla Foundation, they're doing some really cool things with Firefox. Yes. Um, Brave? What's the other one? Brave? Yes.
0: And they're sending there that one now, I don't remember the name of it, but there was a, a Adam Lee Sigour ad for it, right? Uh, which is where it basically, it's like, It's like Xbox streaming, but for web browser. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about?
2: No. Yeah. Amazon used to have a product like that too called Silk, I think, where it would basically render your web page somewhere else and then like load you a view of it. Yeah. Maybe the Discord would tell us.
1: There is also this one that I got into the beta recently Orion browser that is like what it's like, like Safari, but simpler and faster. Hmm. Um, it's a it's a, Orion is WebKit based and Mac only, which is pretty cool. And there's uh, that company called the Browser Company, which like
0: they have an incredible ah yes amount of talent working for
1: them, but they have tons of hype around. Yeah,
0: it. but like they they haven't shipped anything yet. But like their team is just like an all star team of designers and developers. But yeah, they don't they haven't done anything yet. Which
1: is and fine. And, and the website is it. thebrowser.company. dot company. It's just
2: that. hmm It's like I have an iPhone case with your face on it. Who would do that?
0: No one's told me the name of this this brow this this one that I was thinking about though. Mighty. That's it. What? It's called Mighty. Mighty. This is the browser. one where it does all the rendering, as Stephen said, and then you just see it. It's faster Google Chrome.
1: Faster than Google Chrome.
0: It takes ten times less memory. Hmm. That's the that whole thing.
1: Oh, it's so it's streaming Google Chrome? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean these days I can play Halo Infinite streaming from Xbox. Yep. I bet you can just as easily and quickly open a web page yeah. and uh, <laughs> And, of course, it's gonna not going to have the memory footprint of Chrome. This is actually genius. More uh, tabs,
0: less memory. That's no, the man, thing. Yeah.
2: their hiring page is a Notion page. Come on. That's a, that's peak startup a, right there. You,
1: yeah, You can stream it. That's why, because you can stream it, and it's not going to bring your computer to a halt. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a demo. The, the hiring page is a demo.
2: I mean, really, isn't loading any web page just sort of streaming? If you think about it. Like, really, like, what is streaming, dude?
1: Okay, well, we can get into the whole thing of like ownership and like, what, what it does in, like, if you're looking at a browser, like, <laughs> uh, does it really matter? Uh, you yeah. know, what well, anyway.
0: Federico's saying is we need to decentralize the web.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, here we go. Hear me out. Yeah. What if instead of apps, you know, the blockchain folks, they like to have dApps with decentralized apps? Oh, is that a thing? Hear me out. Hear me out. R- let's rebrand PWAs, which are terrible name anyway. Let's rebrand web apps as Baps. Daps for browser Baps with a B. Oh, like browser. browser apps. Right.
0: Baps. Browser Baps. 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 Baps, baps b-a-p-s baps that is the name of uh like a bread roll yeah like you in some oh, parts of england yeah get like a bacon bap get a bap governor yep that's it that <laughs> you nailed it a bacon bap would be like a bacon roll you know like a bacon bread roll or something so be, hmm. pretty fun
2: you know a lot of uh southern states want to ban pwas because the word progressive is in the title i think that's bad
1: that's a joke right
2: yeah you see,
0: this is the thing, right? If Stephen was editing, that joke removed. Mike editing, that joke remains. So you know.
1: Yeah, c- connected under Mike is like the director's cut. Yes. of Connected, like you get. Release you get the Mike cut of Connected. That's what <laughs> everyone's going to say now. They're all going to say it.
0: <laughs> like every episode now, it's going to be like hashtag Release the mic cut of of every one of them. It's way riskier. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it goes to black and white and full by free, you know? Yeah,
2: that's the mic cut. This episode of Connected is made possible by Trade Coffee. How do you like your coffee? Full-bodied roast? Something lighter? We all have our preferences, and no matter what you love to drink, Trade Coffee makes it easy to brew your best cup of it at home. Trade sells the freshest, roasted, and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. they ship it free to you as often as you'd like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee nerd or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. It all starts with Trade's coffee quiz, and they guarantee you're going to love your first bag while they replace it for free. Trade has been featured by the New York Times, Wired, GQ, And they've delivered over five million bags of coffee. Their subscription is no hassle. You can skip shipments if you're traveling or change your frequency if your needs meet or cancel outright at any time. Michael Hurley. Stephen Hackett. Your coffee drinker. How did you enjoy taking the coffee quiz? And were you surprised at the results? How's it? How's it been going?
0: I wasn't surprised because I know I know what I like. And I was able to give Trade the information very easily because I understood the questions because the questions were nice and simple. And I was really happy with the results. The stuff that Trade sent me was amazing. And then what I did afterwards, this Trade also has like, you can do their subscription, but you can also just buy from their store as well. And so I went and bought a bunch of coffee from the store and we are using tons of that right now. But yeah, it's super good. I love all the curation that they do. It's one of my favorite things about trade because they're doing all the hard work for me and they present a bunch of really awesome coffee beans for me to get for myself. And so, yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan.
2: And for our listeners, you can enjoy, the, you can, you can enjoy Mike's lifestyle big fancy coffee boy. Mm-hmm. They're offering a total of $20 off your first 3 bags when you go to drinktrade.com/connected. So you get started, you take the quiz at drinktrade.com/connected and then you are on your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com/connected. Our thanks to Trade for the support of the show and Relay FM.
0: Display analyst Ross Young has reported that Apple has delayed any plans for a foldable iPhone until at least 2025. According to Young, Apple's not in a hurry to enter the market, presumably waiting on the tech to continue improving. Additionally, Apple is apparently also exploring a foldable notebook. Could be a 20-inch screen device, could be a laptop with a full-size keyboard, you know. Like you could fold it like most like 90 degrees and you could use it as like as a software keyboard and you can type it, but it's all screen. Or you could unfold it completely and you've got like this full screen, 4K monitor that you could use with an external keyboard. And is expecting, Young is expecting 2026 is the earliest for a product like this if Apple were to do it. I wanted to pose the question to the two of you. Which of these two products do you think makes the most sense to do first?
1: The phone.
0: Okay, Why?
1: but um, because i feel like it would like it would resonate with people more to have an iphone that is fully like actually foldable mm. um the, the monitor like the computer monitor thing there's a bunch of problems there like i would love personally like a foldable ipad that you know, I, I can be used as a small tablet or a big tablet, and I can prop up on a stand or connect with a keyboard or something. But to say that a MacBook is now foldable, which means it doesn't have a physical keyboard attached anymore, I don't know. You know because you're taken away from an existing form factor, and we know when they tried to do... Of course, it wasn't like a full-on software keyboard, but the last time they tried to revolutionize the laptop... Well, we know how that went. So, does it have to be a MacBook? Couldn't it be like something else? Couldn't it be an iPad? I guess maybe use a device where touch first is the starting point. I feel like that would be a better approach. Foldable MacBook scares me. Foldable iPad, because the starting point I'm already used to, that makes me feel better.
0: Yeah, I think I think probably it is an iPad, right? Like, but you can yeah. still it can still be a quote unquote notebook. You know, you can still like use it like a notebook. You know, in in the mm-hmm. sense because you would have it like like a laptop. You know, in ninety degrees, you have got the soft big software keyboard, trackpad, typing away over there. You know, so you could still, like how you have a magic keyboard. Mm-hmm. Stephen, what do you think?
2: It it kind of reminded me this of the story that Apple has told, they were like working on what would be the iPad and they realized they could put it in a phone. So like they put the tab. I think the quote from Jobs is like, they put the tablet project on the shelf and focused on the phone. Maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe it's not. I kind of agree with Federica though. Like I think the iPad is the way to go with this. If if you're going to have something that 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 folds, I think that would be pretty awesome. I just don't see the like like with with foldables in particular, I feel like you need to be able to see the benefit of the form factor change, and that makes more sense to me on an iPhone and an iPad than it does a notebook because notebooks already fold in half, and I just don't like I don't want that control surface to be glass and the other component of that is the software, of course. Apple has yet to put a touchscreen on the Mac, but now we're talking about a full, like, foldable laptop type thing. If that's if that's going to run macOS, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It is very strange to me that they would release anything that was foldable that wasn't a phone first, or maybe an iPad second. I don't know. It's really interesting, but I just don't think a foldable notebook. At least in the way that it's positioned in these stories, I just don't see that making any sense. I think uh, the thing,
0: one of the things I keep struggling with is like what a foldable iPhone would be, because I would say like from my experience, the best foldable phone is a Z Flip, like that's the one that makes the most sense. I haven't tried the most recent Z Fold. But still like I kinda like that it's it's this fun form factor. But I don't really think that like like a clamshell iPhone is is necessarily that intriguing of a device. So I guess it's gotta be some kind of iPhone which is small but can be bigger. And so I actually kind of agree that Apple should hold off a little bit longer. Like I don't think I would be ultimately that excited with an iPhone that is technically similar to the current z folds of the world because it's kind of a difficult product to deal with federico do you disagree with me
1: no i i fully agree with it i have i have the fold and it's cool it's neat but it's still you never shake that like oh it's a it's a neat prototype of something that is going to be much better in the future like you and never thought that. Yeah,
0: you know, I think one of the key things is like every 18 months or year or whatever they're releasing these things they are getting significantly better every time. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of feel like it's probably best to give it a couple more years let Samsung keep pushing the envelope for what this technology can do and then consider doing it. But like I'm just at the moment I'm struggling to get my head around what it would be. So like I was wondering like would it be simpler to make an iPad device first as a way to get into this market because you could almost make it like it's its own thing, you know, like it's rather than necessarily like this is the new iPhone because I think that's going to be complicated. Like I don't really know how they get into that. Like this isn't like when the iPhone got bigger, you know. When the iPhone got bigger, it was just like, well, the iPhone is just now bigger, you know. The iPhone now being a foldable display, like just from a software perspective, is a very different thing, and I feel like it would be easier to scale with more of a tablet device than a phone, just from like a conceptual standpoint. But I don't know. I but I feel like it's just closer there than it is like to like the iPad. I feel like could handle this kind of device a bit easier than the iPhone could, just from like a, the way that the software would manipulate. But I don't know. I feel like laptops too complicated like i don't think that you know as you guys are saying mac os just doesn't feel right for this like i i don't think that a glass keyboard is really gonna work in place of a physical keyboard you know like i just think if they were like here's the new macbook it's all screen like i don't I don't know if I know what the benefit of that would be to me, you know? Like, I can't foresee that. I feel like I want a keyboard if it's going to be a Mac. If it's an iPad, I'll use a on-screen keyboard. We still buy Magic keyboards for our iPads because physical keyboards are better than glass keyboards for a lot of people most of the
2: time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this is very strange to consider it in a, in a laptop form factor to me for all those reasons. I do like what you said about like, this could be a new thing. Right. It could be a new member to the iPad line. And I do think that's just an easier thing to manage as opposed to, hey, there's a new iPhone model. Because we've seen that over the last couple of years. Right now, we have the regular iPhone and then the Pro, and then, you know, the different sizes within there. Like, I don't know how much more complex they want the iPhone line to be. And when you consider cost, like, no doubt this would be an ex- whatever form factor it's in. This is going to be an expensive device. Can the iPhone absorb a $2,000 device, like, in the market and the way people think about the iPhone? Maybe the iPad or the Mac could do that easier. The Mac definitely could do it the easiest of the three. But I think there's an angle to that, too, of, like, where does it fit in terms of perception of what this product line is and does and like who it's for Mm -hmm. and i feel like the iphone at whatever the pro max cost i mean you can get it to like 1500 bucks or something i feel like they're already at the outer limit of what the iphone can bear in terms of cost
0: Well, well samsung would disagree right like they they go higher but i think but to, they also to, but
2: Samsung also has multiple lines of phones already like we yeah. focus a lot on the galaxy line the galaxy s but there's also the the a series of phones like they have a broader portfolio than apple does even though those other phones may not be as popular here in the us yep yeah, i agree with you um
0: but like to, to your point like if this is going to be your first like whenever they do their first foldable device right If you make it an iPhone, there's so much expectation that goes along with that for, like, refreshing the product. Like, will there be a new foldable iPhone every year? Or, like, what if it doesn't work out and now you've made an iPhone and you have to stop making that iPhone? Where I feel like with an iPad, if they they did some kind of foldable screened iPad, you you get, like, you could be two, three years before you bring out a next model, if at all. I feel yeah. like it's there's so much more pressure to add to the iPhone line, iPhone Mini, notwithstanding, uh, <laughs> than it than it is to, to the iPad line.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's another angle here. Like an iPhone that's one and done, like that's a that's a pretty bad look,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and one that I don't think I don't think they would want to risk that. And yeah. you know, not to bring up painful memories for people but like Apple is sort of still recovering in the Mac line at least from some products like that right the obviously the trash can but the the one port MacBook like they had what three versions of that and it's gone they kind of just got the Mac house back in order after six or seven years of, of really some like pretty bad decision making and I would imagine that moving forward that I would hope that if you're like bring, working on new products in, uh, inside Apple, you have to prove that there is a feasible roadmap forward for the next couple of revisions. Mm. Right. So like when they, for instance, when they built that 24 inch iMac, Mike, that you're sitting in front of right now, gorgeous machine, super thin. I'm sure that they know that that thing can take an M2 and an M3 and maybe even further down the road, right? They didn't design it so constrained to what they have available now. They couldn't upgrade it in the future. And, and something that's a new form factor. Like I've just got to imagine that's a bigger conversation than it used to be. And that has to be a conversation in these things because this form factor is so weird that, yeah, like we need to know that it's something we can actually support and improve upon year after year or every 18 months or whatever it is. And not just Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, we did it once. And it, Didn't work out and now we're stuck. And and we're not going to see anything
0: even remotely like this before they put a touchscreen on a regular Mac anyway. Like, this isn't going to be a Mac until the Mac gets a touchscreen. Can you imagine if like they refuse to put (laughs) touchscreens on a Mac until it's all touchscreen? And then, like, that's still (laughs) the
2: only one. (laughs) Or it's, uh, or even worse, the half that has the keyboard and trackpad is touch. And it's like locked to that half of the screen. Oh. But the UI oh, no. part is like, nope, can't touch that part. Oh no. That'd be amazing. That would be terrible. They should not, they should not do that. There's no I mean, I would be really surprised if the first foldable thing we see is like a Mac OS notebook. That just makes that makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, I don't I think, think it really will be. I really don't. No. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Sorry, Ross Young.
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess Ross Young is our enemy now. <laughs> yep, you
0: Ross, you are enemy so, of the podcast. Wow, so
1: we did explain the whole premise, st- and uh, yeah, that's it.
2: Well, I think that does it for this week. If you want to read more about the stuff we spoke about, the awesome connected intro dot com, Spotify stuff, my iPhone case, anything, all the links are over in the show notes at relay dot fm connected 386. Uh, we should have talked about the Intel processor. It's not flash. Oh yeah, I can't Different believe podcast. I didn't think of that. I Can't believe I didn't a... think about about that. Well, in 100 episodes, we'll, we'll hit the 486. How about that? Can't wait. You're gonna leave that in, aren't you? Well, yeah. <sighs> Thank this you is for your essence.
0: This like this is who you are. Is this kind of stuff? Mm, would you have maybe. taken that out?
2: No, I would have. No, I would have let that okay. in. You would have put in a laugh track, though, right? <laughs> you know, I did a laugh track last week. Did you? It was, gr- it was great. After when? just one joke. But, what joke? Uh, I, I think I did it after... I'm trying to remember. I think I did it after I suggested I use a laugh track and y'all didn't laugh, and then I like put the laugh track in there. Wow. There's a lot of laugh sound effects that come in Logic. Like, oh. Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah, they're all really bad.
0: Yeah, they're horrible. And the cheering ones... Yeah, I, oh, if I've ever used stuff like that, I buy them because they're terrible. Yeah, the free ones are always bad. It's always funny to me when I hear like an iLife or Logic sound effect in a TV show or a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, really, was there no budget for this? Like, to,
2: yeah, to, or like, to, like your theme song is a GarageBand loop. Yep, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, all the links are in the show notes. You can become a member and get Connected Pro. There are links on the webpage to join monthly or annually. I suggest annually. It's a little bit money off. Uh, Anyways, you can do that. Connected Pro is awesome. It is a longer ad-free version of the show. This week in the Pro Show, we spoke about the early days of Twitter and some of our early Twitter usage and some of the funny language that has developed around Twitter over the years. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that conversation. I think you will too. So uh, go uh, join up and get Connected Pro. You can also leave feedback or follow up. There's a link to email us there on the website. Or you can do it on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find Federico there as Vitici V I T I C C I. And he is the editor in chief of MacStories.net and uh is enjoying some sort of video game stuff. I, I saw a screenshot earlier of some sort of game happening. So that that's cool, a, I guess. That was,
1: that was a PlayStation <laughs> video game, Steven. had a bunch of people are playing game. right now. Some video game stuff. Some kind
0: of video game that
2: the so, kids some, some sort enjoy,
1: of. I'm enjoying some sort of game thing mm-hmm. at the moment. Okay. Well, good. It's called the Horizon on the on the PlayStation. You know, kids these days. Yeah. Know, these Playstations and yeah.
2: Playing their arcade games at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can follow Mike on Twitter. He is i m y k e. Mike hosts a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. Michael, what do you have going on this week? Let me look at my camera. Well, okay. <laughs> Cortex was really good. Oh, yeah. I really you check it. that out. Yeah, that was yeah. good. I, I never liked
0: uh, this night. question because I feel I like I have to like say things that I've done that I like, and that makes me feel very mm. uncomfortable to, mm.
2: to do. So the question feels taller than you. The question way. is oh, definitely yes. taller than me. That's, there's <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as ismh, and uh, I host other shows here on Relay FM, including Mac Power Users. Go check that out. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week: Squarespace, Hover, and Trade Coffee. And until next week, guys, say
1: goodbye. you. Cheerio.
2: Bye, y'all.